Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Real Window, rewatching random movies from our childhood. I'm Pauline. And I'm Lisa. And uh, this week we've rewatched uh, the movie from 1968, Yours, Mine, and Ours. Uh, Lisa will momentarily give a little brief synopsis, <laughs> but for anyone who doesn't know uh, this podcast, what we do is we are two sisters who uh, pick movies and then rewatch them separately and then discuss them together while in separate closets um, <laughs> because of COVID. And we live in different yes. cities. Um, yeah. I was about uh, to say, we, even without COVID, yeah. we'd be recording this yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Totally. Anyway, yeah. Um, so a minor, a minor setback is the, yeah, the three hundred yeah. kilometers between the two of us. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, for those interested in America, that's uh, two hundred and twelve miles. Ooh. I don't know. Look I, at you. No. no, no. You should have just stuck with it yeah. and acted like you knew. I do. You just should have with confidence. Well, I know that like, there's five thousand two hundred and eight feet in a mile. Is that helpful? Yeah. That yeah. Totally. For, so for listeners, two hundred eight. Some basic yeah. math. You're on your own, but um... <laughs> and feet don't help you figure out kilometers at all. So you're welcome. No, but good. It'll good. lead to a very fun math problem. So yeah, that's fun so for everybody. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Lisa, <laughs> yours, mine, and ours. Lucille Ball, Henry Fonda. Take it away. All right. So this is actually based loosely on a true story about a widow and widower who uh, both work for the Navy, who run into each other. And one of them, the widow has eight children. The widower has 10 children. They fall in love, realize that there are a lot of children involved and initially try not to uh, see each other anymore, thinking that it doesn't matter. But of course, the attraction is too strong. They care too strongly about each other and they end up getting married and having basically 18 kids in the same house. And that is honestly the premise. The premise is just this blended family trying to make things work. Uh, you have older children who are very upset with this, who feel betrayed and feel like this, you know, they, they got married. Uh, I think they started dating a year after yeah. the both of their uh, spouses had passed away or thereabouts and so a lot of the older kids feel that this is too soon that it's sort of taking away from the memory of their mom or their dad and it's how these family these two families become one family and it has great comedy uh, especially from Lucille Ball though Henry Fonda's got some good moments as well too the children are great little actors Um, as Pauline mentioned the trivia so this is a a movie that's either going to make you just laugh so hard or it's going to make you super stressed because of seeing how many people are in the same household together and how chaotic it actually is. Um, but that's, that's honestly the basic premise. And it's just like a slice of life family making it work. And we loved it growing up. Everyone in our family watched it. We watched it all the time. We quoted all the time. This one is one of the Brennan family absolute favorites. And not many people know about it anymore, of course, because it is from 1968. It's a lesser known sort of film. There was a remake done in 2004 or five that didn't do particularly well. Um, but other than that, most people don't know the story. So I hope some of you guys watch it. And if not, I hope after listening to this podcast, you guys watch it just to check it out. Uh, though, of course, we will be spoiling things. It's true. <laughs> in this episode. As so if you... If you love the sound of it, if you love Lucille Ball, if you want sort of this screwball family comedy uh, and you don't want any spoilers, stop the episode now, watch the movie and then come back. Otherwise, brace yourselves, guys. This is going to be a lot of fun. It really is. (laughs) Okay, so um, before we get into our, uh, you know, the quotes and everything that tends to happen at the 
the end of the episode. Uh, yes. Lisa, uh, let's discuss some takeaways of this film uh, <laughs> from childhood. Are they accurate? Mm. Uh, basically, were there scenes that stuck out? What 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 was it like rewatching this movie after so such a long period of time? Well, it's funny because, of course, it's hard to think back to the first time I watched it because we watched it. It's one of those ones that we watched so much in the family. It's hard to pick. We watched like, it first so viewing. much. This was just like a common thing. This is like an easy movie to throw on that everyone loved. So it was kind of a standard in our house. So saying by initial reaction, it's it's kind of hard to peg. But I know as a kid, there were a couple of things. There was the only thing I really didn't understand. The main thing I didn't understand is so, um, as I mentioned in the synopsis, this is like a blended family. And Lucille Ball's character, Helen, uh, she really wants the family to be one family because her son Philip ends up getting into trouble at school because he wants to sign his name Philip Beardsley which is what you know the dad's family is called and what his older brother Mike who he idolizes that's his last name so he wants his last name to no longer be North he wants it to be Beardsley and in his mind you know we all went to the church and we were all married so we Philip Beardsley be, I'm Philip Beardsley and Lucille Ball thinks you know what the solution is she adopts uh, Henry Fonda's children and he adopts her children that way you know also if either of them something awful were to happen either of them they'd be able to look after the whole family they wouldn't have any legal disputes or any issues that way and as a kid I didn't understand why it was so necessary Mm. I also was like Philip I'm like but they all are part of the same family totally (laughs) I remember being confused by that with the nun because I was genuinely like wait but uh, they are married I mean yeah exactly Philip's logic is sound yeah totally like (laughs) I was at the church my mom got married to this guy my mom got married her name's now Beardsley yeah so why isn't my name Beardsley so as a kid I didn't understand why that mattered and it was Mm. funny because Henry Fonda makes this line about how it's a it's a formality and she says it's not a formality and she's like she has to sort of convince him uh that they should adopt each other's children and the other children the older children don't like this idea um they get very upset there's a scene at dinner when it's announced and everyone sort of goes off crying to their rooms um and it's funny I can't sad eat at the this same if time. everybody's gonna cry <laughs> and then she takes Who's the dessert married? to her bedroom I'll get you washed yeah, this uh, whole scene where the older kids are all upset because it feels like it has, they, they have to bury their parents all over again through this adoption process. And this is like the teenagers, basically, in the family. And the younger kids are just confused. They're just like, why is everyone upset? And so it's just funny to see them all peel away one by one in tears and the younger kids just like, what? Um, and so that confused me as a kid. As an, as an adult, I was like, okay, I get the legal parameters of it. I get the sort of symbolism of it. And I get, yeah, if something did happen to one of the parents at that time, it could have caused some legal trouble. I don't know how it works now. Maybe it would still cause legal, legal trouble. I'm hoping not, but who am I to know the legal yeah, system and totally. the adoption process? And also what confused me is as a kid, when I heard adoption as a kid, the little I knew about adoption was that it was for orphans. Right. And so in my head, I'm like, but none of them are orphans. They all have at least one parent. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That so did not kid, enter my head. Oh, it totally did. I'm like, but I, but I didn't, I don't think I ever voiced the question because I figured I'm like, this must be an obvious one. And if I ask the question, <laughs> I might end up stupid. 
I'm gonna look stupid and probably mocked. So they'll we think this I'm like Pauline. So I better be <laughs> quiet on this one. And Pauline's not asking it for my convenience, so I'm just gonna stay quiet for now. <laughs> you were very useful that way. No, no, Pauline will voice it. Just, yeah. just sit here and, just and wait for the answer. Her. Give her time. She's always two steps behind me. I just gotta let her catch up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah that's how that worked i'm smart um, so it's brilliant so it's yeah i'm a smart kid uh so that that like idea of adoption i was very confused by because up until that point what little i knew about orphans and adoption the two were tied together and that was it like right. you know the rescuers little girl wants to be adopted and of green gables she yep. wants to be adopted like you know every orphan wants to be properly adopted courage and mountain <laughs> courage obviously. mountain always about the children who needed adopting um and so yeah for me i was just like but that's not a process they need so the whole concept of that was very foreign to me i just kind of accepted it i just kind of was like well the movie says it's important so i'm really happy they all get adopted at the end right <laughs> it's like woohoo that's a success you know it's um, funny that you gave so much weight to the adoption because to me i I almost like mm. that was a detail that I didn't care about. Like I didn't, mm. I think why I, I wasn't confused by it was because I didn't care. <laughs> Lisa, just because I, I don't, don't care, care doesn't, doesn't mean, mean I, don't I don't understand. So Simpsons, Simpsons. Uh, classic. So like even the end when they actually all end up being adopted, mm. I, that scene to me never, like it's the end scene, the movie ends there. And I, and I genuinely was like, that's a weird place to end it, but okay. Like, <laughs> Like it's what they're finally one family, and I understand mm. the symbolism. But as a kid, I definitely was like, "This could have ended after she had the baby." <laughs> totally, she had the baby. So they go spoilers. They end up with nineteen children. That's right, because she finds out she's pregnant on Christmas Day, and she's like, "And Shoot. my God, that is a hysterical scene." You it's feel so, so bad good. for. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh um, my God! So um, was there yes, anything that... else? Uh, you... The only other thing that so at the towards the end of the movie when so it's a very funny chaotic scene as so many of them are in this film but so Lisa Ball and finds out she's pregnant and and finally it's towards the end of the film she's they're waiting for when the baby's going to be born everyone goes to bed wondering if this is going to be the night that you know the stork comes as they say and uh it comes and as everyone's running around trying so hard to do all their jobs someone has to go get Mike has to go get the car and someone else has to pack her bags and get her blankets and all the kids are running around and and um Colleen the oldest daughter of Helen uh is crying on the sofa and Mike the oldest brother is fighting with Colleen's boyfriend and I didn't fully get what they were fighting about as a right. kid. Right. Um, what becomes clear is that her boyfriend, who's kind of an asshole, um, is upset because she's not putting out. Um, and Mike has found this out. And Mike is now in a fisticuffs with the boyfriend. <laughs> A fisticuffs. Mm -hmm. they're just, oh my God, they're just slamming into each other in the living room. And Henry Fonda, who's just trying to get to the car so his pregnant wife who's in labor can go to the hospital. It's like, what's happening? What's going on? Larry, Nothing. what are you doing at this house? Yeah, Nothing. what's going That's on? That's the whole problem with your daughter. Oh, he's a classy guy, that Larry. Uh, and as a kid, I was like, I don't, I don't get what that means. Like, I didn't get what that meant. I didn't totally. get why Colleen was crying. I thought... Her boyfriend maybe was rude to her or maybe was like mean or maybe he broke up with her. But I didn't get that it was because she was feeling pressured into having sex and he was feeling like she should have sex with him. Right. Uh, and then she ends up in a whole discussion with her dad about 
that and that's an interesting timing of it too and they, they mentions fanny hill and stuff and as a kid i'm like i don't know who fanny hill is sure sure yep. <laughs> yeah i read that book in university and i was like oh that's fanny hill there you <laughs> but go but as a kid no concept so that whole discussion about love and waiting or you know it's you know what it actually means to to be a, like a, a girlfriend boyfriend situation than like getting married and you know proving that you love each other by spending every normal day together right no matter how mundane like that whole lo- the whole speech no clue no clue what all of that was yeah about. no not at all Nothing. just seemed interesting well, i was more concerned that lucille ball was going to have a baby in the house because totally. he was moving fast enough. <laughs> Which I feel like is is a fair fear given that like the whole house is absolutely chaotic but it's yes. always chaotic but you're like everyone needs to get it together. Lucille Ball has to get to the car and all of you are totally. doing this. All but, of you are um, causing problems. A baby is being born. But I know that much. there's a few moments in the movie that kind of like there's more sexual innuendo in the movie mm-hmm. than I realized there was there's totally. like you know a scene where one of the boys is reading a playboy and I was like what's playboy but it's like totally and it's like old school playboy like 68 playboy so the woman on the front still has all her clothes on so I remember just being like he's looking at a, like a swimsuit magazine <laughs> totally like, he's looking at a swimsuit and he uh, should be doing do his we, homework okay. do we all do that yeah. yeah like he's supposed to be reading his algebra book okay got it so like sure. that but then like there's a friend in the movie his name's Daryl he says some pretty yes. good one liners but he says a lot of like sexual innuendo yes. liners especially so to Henry Fonda before he's married again like talking about you know you haven't that's what worries me like like he needs to be dating because it's been so long since his wife passed away like and, all these innuendos yeah. that I was like I don't get any of this no so same with the with the talking about like mm-hmm. having premarital sex it was interesting watching the movie again and watching it with Cam Cam watched this one with me oh okay of like the different well that that brings about a whole other conversation that i think is hilarious <laughs> but but it's like how the times have changed how oh, the views on totally. premarital sex and like <clears throat> even the fact in this movie it's very clear that um helen and frank yep don't have sex until they're married that's yes the, that's the implication that's the innuendo in the movie and it's it's so interesting mm-hmm. watching it now as someone who lives common law with her fiance that it's like <gasps> I know Pauline. scandal Everyone. scandal yes. I thought we it's were keeping true. that a secret from the podcast no. how dare you <laughs> yes from all of our very hardcore <laughs> catholic listeners sorry everyone uh, sorry to so, support you so it just feels <clears throat> like the the movie in itself has this really like interesting message on the importance mm-hmm. of marriage and traditional family like values oh, very much so and yep. uh as a kid i thought that was like we grew up on this movie that's just how it is like that was just normal yeah and i didn't i didn't understand like they they make a joke you know uh helen and frank finally get to have like their own intimate moment on their wedding night after dealing with moving into the house with all 18 of their children and they're finally ready to have sex and they talk about how nervous they are and just before they're about to you know start wooing each other the kids come running in the little ones who don't want to like sleep there's rain coming in the roof and then they come in can we sleep in here so there's like five kids in their bed and it's definitely (laughs) funnier as an adult Uh, as a kid i was like yeah totally like i as a kid you're on the side of the children you're like yes you're like yeah if there was rain coming in my roof and it was a scary new house of course i'd want to sleep in mom and dad's bed obviously oh a little sleepover how fun and watching (laughs) it as a kid is it's funny as an adult watching it because 
the chaos of the big family for anyone who doesn't know we mm-hmm. have we have seven children in our family so we yeah. had a pretty big family in in its own right obviously not 18 children worth but there the chaos of this large family was kind of lost on me as a kid totally. because it was so relatable to our own story that yeah like, it was just a slightly hyperbolic version like totally, you were just like yeah. this is like how normal households are run totally <laughs> and so it was so funny watching it with cam cam who's the oldest of two children um <laughs> he just said it made so much more sense we were watching it like i was killing myself laughing at some yeah. of the things happening to the family members and cam was like like he was laughing but he didn't think it was as funny as i did but there's like <laughs> moments for example where like philip poor philip is he's one of the younger kids being, he's so cute oh he's man. so cute and he just can't catch a break the poor mm-hmm. kid just keeps on getting shafted unintentionally just from simply volume <laughs> he just keeps getting overlooked and missed yes and, and it was so relatable like it was just like that does happen like yeah when you, you're like the smaller one you <laughs> just have to fend for yourself in a lot of ways and like and like the he can't well, I'm, we'll talk about it in the quotes, and I don't want to say it now because it's too good, but it's like he can't the breakfast get table. breakfast. Yeah. He just can't, to the best of his ability, he can't get anything. And he just keeps excusing it and being like, well, I can live without bacon if I have to. Yeah, and like he's, he's just like, yeah, sure, because everyone, he's like, breakfast is the best meal of the day if you have long arms. Because yeah. all of his siblings are teenagers, like the teenagers are bigger than him and they're hungrier. They're grabbing the eggs and the bacon faster. <laughs> And it's like, and it's true. It's just kind of like, so it was just, and even like just little things, like how messy is the house is. Yes. And like how many how, toys are How there. much of a disaster yeah. the front yard is. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's, you're, I didn't think anything of it growing up, but then yeah. watching it, I was like, this is chaos. Like it's, yeah. our world was so chaotic and well, we just didn't know. Well, even the amount of laundry, like there's a scene where Helen is doing laundry and she's talking to Mike, the, uh, Henry's oldest son, Henry Fonda's oldest son, Frank, his older son, um, he basically is coming to talk to her and she's in the middle of doing laundry. And it's so funny because I mean, yeah, it was more laundry than we had, but it was still a lot of laundry. And we were, I was used to seeing lots of laundry in the laundry room. Like, I don't totally. think I ever went into the laundry room and didn't see piles of clothing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like it was never, it was never spotless. There was always laundry that had to be done. So when I saw her doing laundry, I'm like, that makes sense. And of course there'd be a bunch because there's a couple more kids than what we have. Like, but it was still normal. It was like, that's what a laundry room looks like. Totally. And then, and then watching it as an adult, it's like, oh no, they've got four, four washing machines. Four washers. Like, four that's like, no, machines. no, that's, that's, that's like a hotel at that point. That would be all you'd be doing. Like I was watching her and I'm like, oh my God, all you'd be doing is laundry. All you'd be doing is laundry and then the dishes. And of course it is hyperbolic. Like when, even when mm-hmm. they're washing the dishes after dinner, it's like, they've got like, they've got Stacks. like 60 plates. And it's like, they okay, have, we all have know everyone used than, than one the children plate. Would be using. Like, <laughs> come on guys. But it definitely, it definitely works because you def- mm-hmm. you're like, oh shit, that's a lot of, that's a lot of dishes. Well, and it's clever too, because the plates are clearly not glass. And I'm like, yeah, that's a smart they're family. Mel- they understand how this works. The they're Malamar. Mel- Malamar. Oh. Yeah, that's it. Malamar. Yeah, yeah. The, whatever that was, that was very popular at the time, sort of plastic. Plastic. And, and so it's fun. I'm with you. Like the hype, it, I related so much to the family and I related to the younger kids being overlooked like Philip and how they, he looked up to his older siblings, particularly Mike. And like, I'm like, of course, that's how it works in our family. Absolutely. And I mean, that just, 
that didn't seem odd in the slightest. What was odd was like, I mean, the slapstick, the physical humor was a bit much. And that was just really funny. It was very much like, yeah, I could see that happening. Hilarious. Totally. Um, Hilarious. <laughs> Hilarious. Of course, poor Philip doesn't have the right fitting boots. And so now he's walking in the mud with his boots constantly slipping off. Because, of course, he gets shafted once again. He's not quick enough. I mean, you got to be the fastest. <laughs> got to be the fastest Cam, to get the right size boots. As we were watching it, Cam was like, this just makes so much sense about why, like why everything has to be divided equally when we're eating why <laughs> like he's just just cam was the oldest and with two kids cam just got to eat whatever cam wanted that to eat baffles no sharing he, or dividing he's like what i just eat my biggest portion yeah. like you would be murdered by our like, family we'd murder. be like how dare you you don't just get to do that so everyone has us, equal it's like no you each get the same size chicken it's the same size pasta and that's the rule you want more, you wait for seconds, but no. Exactly. You wait until after everyone has eaten and then yeah. you're allowed seconds. And then if there's buddy. leftovers, yeah. you can have some. Yeah, exactly. But not before. So. That's greedy. And Sagan was just like, this makes this so makes much sense. all the sense in the world. And just watching it, I was like, it does make sense. Like, this is honestly why, this is how we lived. This mm -hmm. is how things just worked and you always had the older ones taking care of the younger ones like that yep. was always their helping to babysit helping to look after oh. them because you know there were too many and they're you know you only had two parents and often you know only one at home so yeah. older kids on the lookout yeah. and it's it's interesting just to watch it again as an adult and be like oh yeah I see it I see the connections I see why we loved it I see how very traditional this family is. totally and just uh, how relatable they were right oh like, absolutely it was just yeah, there's, so there's was... a reason our family latched on to this movie as strongly as we did. And totally. again, the humor was humor we could really relate to because it just made perfect sense given given our upbringing. So, yes, absolutely. Um, the the scenes that stood out. So in terms of like aside from the sexual innuendo and aside from the adoption process, nothing really confused me in the movie. It all made no. sense. It was straightforward. I got yes, it. Um Scenes that stood out, obviously, there's this very memorable scene when Lucille Ball and Henry Fonda, so Helen and Frank, are going on a date for the first time. Both of them are nervous. Both of them don't want to tell the other how many children they have right away <laughs> because they want to have at least one normal date first before they scare off Can't you know, blame the other them. person. Can't blame them at Can't all. Can't blame. I don't blame them at all. No, I totally, I get, totally it. get it. I'm like, you enjoy that date while it lasts, people. And so it's great because there's the scene where Lucille Ball's getting ready and oh. her three daughters are helping to various extents. It's um, so good. It's so good. And so they're like, they're giving her fake eyelashes. They're helping her wear a dress. And it turns out one of the, the oldest daughter who wore it has cut it short. So her slip is too long for the dress. So then they're pinning it in place that the slip is like higher up. Meanwhile, Frank has arrived. So it's like a quick job of pinning it in place. And so she's put together as she puts it with pins and glue. And so if there's a strong wind. I'm in trouble. <laughs> it's great. And meanwhile, like, um frank is like leaving and his kids are guilting him for for you know going on a date and how he's probably lied to her and is, is saying that he's like lived a lonely life and stuff and he's telling them to like knock it off and that he's going to do something for himself for once and he's going to go on this date and then their date just goes awry in so many ways so already the opening's quite funny but then like they have dinner everything's fine but they decide to go afterwards to get irish coffee which again something i didn't know as a kid in this right. very crowded bar Yes. Like in a COVID world, seeing this it's crowded weird. bar, you're oh like, my gosh. oh my God, it's too crowded. You're like, it's, there's 
like when Lisa says very crowded, she means like literally like people. There's nowhere to sit. Everyone is standing. standing. Everyone's like cheek to cheek, like bum to bum kind of situation. You are touching at least three people just standing. It made me so uncomfortable watching it. So uncomfortable. And so he's like slowly making his way to the crowd to give her her Irish coffee. She's starting to have issues with her eyelashes, and they're like one is like falling down and then it falls into the Irish coffee of their friend Daryl who also happens to be there and then her slip falls off and Frank has to go back and retrieve it by crawling on the ground to find it amongst all the legs like this the comedy's great and as a kid it was just so ridiculous so it was funny. this over-the-top date that just and I was like you know they must really love each other because things keep going wrong and they still seem really happy to be around each other. And Frank's even willing to crawl on the floor to go get that slip. That's like, really that's, nice of him. That's very nice. They're very lovely people. So, I mean, I loved that. Um, and there's more. Like, there's a lot of those sort of Like, that one stood even, out. Well, oh. even so with that scene. So, when mm-hmm. Lucille Ball, when Frank gets to the door and Helen's, like, saying bye to her kids... <laughs> It's like, there's so many funny moments. So like all the kids are looking out the window. They're like, wow, look at this car. Ooh, yeah. Check and she's out. like, get away from the windows. And like pulls the blinds <laughs> down and then kisses one of the kids and says, pass it on. And yes. then like oh goes my God. to leave. But then all the kids start running to the door to answer it. Cause that's what kids do. Like that would, do. and she's and like, she's just she's like get away from the door. Get away. Get away. Get away. And, she's, and like, she's like slapping at them. them back. And I was killing myself laughing. And then just she like, gets out the door and Frank hands her the flowers. And she's like, oh, they're beautiful. He's like, don't you want to put them inside? Get him some water. She's like, oh, right. How silly of me. And she opens the door a crack tosses the bouquet in and slams the door shut again and then as they're like walking down the stairs to like get away from the house to avoid the window she's like beautiful night and like points the other way to look at the moon so frank cannot see how many children are just like staring are just waiting because now they're opening the blinds when she knocks them away from the door oh it it makes me laugh every time because i would have been that kid going to the door like we're gonna get there first absolutely and that that was so funny watching it as an adult because i definitely i related more as an adult obviously to helen than i did when i watched it as a kid i related to all the kids so in my head i was like well why wouldn't she want him seeing the kids like in my head as a kid i'm like yeah i'm going to the door i want to meet him like it's like what i would do every time trish brought home a date and i'm sure trish was like oh my god go away yeah but it didn't matter i wanted to see you you gotta be in you felt you were important enough to be seen because as a child your world revolves around you so you're like everyone else wants to meet me lisa that's the perfect (laughs) everyone else wants to meet me i'm hilarious but it's like it's like I did feel like I was important enough yeah. that I should be wanted to be met. Like it's like <laughs> you should want to meet me. Totally. I'm great. You will love me. I'm amazing. Check and out so, how adorable I am. <laughs> Look at these pirouettes. How about these cheeks? How about these cheeks? Look, Let me I show do, you my favorite dress. Can, can I sing part of my favorite song where I forget half the words? Okay, wanna wonderful. Want to know what my favorite movie is? Let me go get all the toys from Little Mermaid. I'll be right back. Yeah, yeah totally. You stay so, here. You're going to love it. Um, you wait so- for my talent show. That's coming up at nine. I go <laughs> totally. to bed at 9.15, so it'll be quick. <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's how kids work, and it's wonderful. Totally. And so they do it so well in the movie. Oh, and they do. It's great, too, because they also do the resentment very well. As a kid, I didn't understand why. So Frank's family, particularly... It yeah. doesn't seem to be the same issue with Helen's. And a part of me is like, did Helen just raise her kids better? Um, so 
<laughs> well, Frankie is a bit of an absent father. They do he give him a hard time about father, that. He's in the I Navy. totally get it. He's in the he's Navy. He's away. He's away all the time. His wife died. So now he's home. He's away. He's back, you know, for it. And the kids are all angry with him because they feel like he neglected their mom. And now that he's back, he doesn't know them well enough. And so, and now he's bringing home this woman. How dare he? So the first time that Helen meets Frank's family, the, as I said, the older teenagers are not particularly welcome, particularly the three oldest boys. And so another really memorable scene is poor Helen is so nervous of course, she's meeting she's meeting eight children because two of the children, the two youngest, another reason why the older kids resent their dad, have been sent to live with his uh, brother, brother and his and, wife. Yeah, because he just can't handle that many kids by himself Which, yet. To be fair, <laughs> there are ten of them. Like I feel like I and the also two youngest are probably like under two or and like three. a year and yeah. like two. Yeah, so two and three or whatever, and so. And so they resent that too. So she gets in, she's like meeting these eight kids and basically it's terrible. They almost give her alcohol poisoning. Like she asks for a light screwdriver and Mike, who's the oldest, is playing bartender and he gives extra, like an extra two shots of vodka. And And scotch. No, the other kid comes along and he does scotch too. He does no, the other kid does more vodka. So it's because I, I was watching it. I was like, you got to be kidding. No, I was counting. It was, Mike. it was Mike did vodka. The next kid did scotch. And then the next kid did, uh, no, gin. There's scotch, so was, gin, and vodka. Anyway, oh my God. it doesn't matter. But what happens is they basically, instead of just giving her a orange juice with a, a shot, shot of vodka. It's basically It's like three shots, shots of vodka, oh. two shots of gin, two shots of whiskey or scotch. It's terrible. It's terrible. And she's being polite. So she drinks the whole thing and gets drunk. Gets so like blind, drunk. Like blind drunk. drunk has like no clue. She's laughing. It's crying, embarrassing. Sobbing, crying, laughing. She accidentally puts mashed potatoes on one of the younger the girls' lap, lap oh because God, she wants so potatoes funny. and she can't see properly. So she drops on her lap and then feels bad and then starts crying because she doesn't understand what's happening. And then spills milk. Oh, my, oh God. my God. It's just a disaster. And so as a kid, I was just like, what is happening? Like, I understood that the alcohol was affecting it, but I didn't understand why all three boys felt the need to add alcohol and I didn't understand why she had like why it got as bad as it did and I was like so mad at them because I'm like she's so nice and she didn't deserve that oh my gosh I this was a secondhand embarrassment scene for me Um, I wrote I wrote next to it how was your secondhand embarrassment (laughs) it was it's really it's better as an adult but as a kid I was like oh and it was one that like we all laughed like the whole family laughed at so I'd laugh at too but I was like it hurts it's painful oh my gosh we're gonna laugh because everyone's laughing but oh my gosh I needed to be okay so it's still hard knowing that scene's coming up but it's super memorable because I think, um, what is it? He calls it an uh, an alcoholic Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor. <laughs> it's amazing you survived it all. <laughs> it's terrible. And it so, is like, terrible. But at the same time, it's Lucille Ball. So the comedic timing is perfect. The lines Even are funny. Oh my her God. voice, she changes yeah. her voice and it's so funny. It's She's so good. Like her, she's... Because she spills the milk, she gots the, gets the potato, mm-hmm. gots. she's got the potatoes. <laughs> You've been drinking too. Um, right? <laughs> and starts like sob, crying, laughing. Because she's laughing because it's funny. Because she just caught mashed potatoes on this kid, but she's crying. Out of, so it's this really like complicated, complex feelings thing. Yeah. And it's so 
sad to watch, but so but so funny. funny at the same like, time. It's oh, perfectly done. They have um a lazy Susan in the middle of the table, and for anyone who doesn't know what a lazy Susan is, because you were born out in, like, in the nineties, is um <laughs> this like round thing that you put on your table that you put all the stuff on at dinner time, and then you spin it, and then that way no one has to pass anything. They can all reach or it's it. It's easier by to reach it. Yeah. Well, I only and, ever saw them in Chinese restaurants as a kid, and oh, I was like, those big tables. We yes. love them, and I didn't understand why we didn't have one because I saw it and I'm like this is utter convenience why did we not have one of these in our house especially with our family yeah but anyway so then like Lucille Ball gets dizzy looking at it yeah she almost gets like seasick it's so funny but it's a very uncomfortable scene it's very uncomfortable and very memorable like it's just yes there's so many scenes like that where it's her comedy is great. The kids' comedy is great. The acting's really good. Um, but those are the ones that stood out. The only other scene that stood out for me was Christmas. Because, again, it mm. felt like our Christmas. Because it was just, again, just chaos. Tons of presents being opened. The amount of stockings that are hung up over the fireplace. is insane. <laughs> Man, it's... The, that oh. Christmas scene is, like... It, again, it... it's why I'm not sure how this movie will be received if you aren't in a big family because it just it's so foreign I like Cam was like what is happening like (laughs) the chaos the chaos that's going on in this movie all the time is something that I just found so relatable and Mm -hmm. like normal and Cam was like this is a lot. <laughs> and I'm like, it is. It is a lot. It is a lot. It is so much to oh, do. It's so good. So much to like, do. Like, there's a line, and I didn't get why it was funny, but mm. it's like, okay, so it's like, they, so the other, the others, one of the other scenes that I found memorable was after they get married and they're in the house and they're settling in, and mm. it's the, where the name of this episode comes from. Um, but it's, there's, they're trying to have order and assign rooms, <laughs> and it's just, going chaotically and there's too many kids and the boys are with the girls accidentally they got to mix them up so they got to rearrange and the power goes out and someone gets locked in the bathroom and there's just <laughs> and no... a doctor's on the way because one of the kids is supposedly it's supposedly sick, sick. So, like, so all the kids have to be randomly wandering the house <laughs> so there's just and there's a million things going on and then it's funny because it all kind of is quieting down and they're all about to go to bed and one of the girls says to her mom can we invite some friends over <laughs> And then <laughs> Helen is just like, like rolls her eyes and it's chaos. Yeah. And I just, it was, I never understood why that line was funny as a kid. Cause I was like, yeah, you got to have friends over <laughs> yeah. now. This is your home. You better have some peeps. And yeah. It's yeah. Like, you don't want to be left with just your siblings. Friends yeah. all the way. All 87 of them. So anyway, <laughs> it's just, I thought that was one of the lines that was purely indicative of the, uh, it, they did, they wrote mm-hmm. the children so well. Very accurate to how kids respond to situations and especially totally. kids in big families and how their yep. brains work. Like I just, I found it very genuine for sure. And like that system is in place. It's a very, as a kid, I didn't quite, I got what the system did, but I found it strange that they had one. As an adult, right. I'm like, oh yeah, you need a system. And it's basically based off of the Navy. And it's the idea that you're assigned a color and a letter and a number. <laughs> And one represents the bathroom, one represents um, the, room. the room itself, and one is just your number as a kid. So you're number 18. <laughs> and you're assigned this color and this letter so that you know where your room and your bathroom is. 
It's great. And it's just so random and it works really well and is hilarious when it goes awry. But yeah, those, those are the ones that stood out. Anything else you want to add in? Um, I think I, uh, we kind of spitballed back Back and and forth forth. there. There was nothing, the one, like, again, like just things that I didn't realize were funny. Mm -hmm. Like, um, like they get married and like some of the kids are on one side and yes. some of the kids are on the other side but then they like get married and they're walking out of the church and philip and his brother are standing there and philip's like what do you do with this throw it stupid oh and then takes the bag of rice and just hucks it <laughs> so it just like like pelts the girls on the other side and they're like hey and so then they start throwing rice so in the middle of like this wedding where it's this like nice beautiful thing and rice is getting thrown it starts like whipping everybody yeah, it looks face. like it hurt it would hurt so much and they have to like break up this fight and i'm like again as a kid i'm like well of course you give kids rice this is obviously what's You're like, happen. and hey if some kid threw the rice harder at me of course I'd oh i'm back obviously retaliating you can't you got to show your dominance. Uh, Otherwise, you're going to walk all over you. Exactly. So, Can't let this go. So I thought that was a really funny scene. But no, I definitely, like, oh, everything you were talking about, yeah. obviously, it's, <laughs> it's how we both felt about this movie. Okay, so, oh, so with this movie, then, was there anything in it that you would say is offensive or uh, didn't, hold like, hold up great? Uh, what so, would you think? So the, the main ones, really... Um, we're, as we sort of mentioned before, it's very traditional. It's very heteronormative. It's um, the dad is the patriarchal head of the family, um, despite the fact that the mom does all the housework and all the laundry. Um, he basically wakes and everyone. He's out at sea. He's out at sea half a lot, time. half the time. And like, that's okay. And he talks about how, what a heart, you know, he comes back to see his kids and clearly they're going to need a mother. <laughs> It's just like, okay. And he's like, well, you know, clearly I didn't, I didn't neglect their mom completely. There's enough physical evidence. But at the same time, he doesn't, he's learning how to connect with his kids because clearly he doesn't have the same connection. And he talks about how he's dating women and how he understands that they think that, you know, it's a minimal bit of selfishness, but he's going to take it anyway. And so there is that very sort of gender typing in -hmm. the movie that, isn't around as much now right there's i mean still exists absolutely but not as straight laced as it was in this film um i also found obviously larry's comment nothing that's the whole problem with your daughter right and it sort of leads to that discussion about premarital sex and also getting married and, and everything else it's just a very again very traditional so i could see people just who if you've never seen it before and you're watching you're just like well this is old school um it's also interesting because when they adopt children at the end, the dad just adopts the kids and that's fine. And the mom, they had to investigate the house to make sure she'd be a fit mother for all the kids. And I was like, oh, I see how this works. The dad, it doesn't yeah. matter. The mom, it matters, apparently. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, totally. Okay. Good, good job. Um, yep. And so I just, I found that one interesting because I didn't notice that one before. I was like, oh, oh, okay. Um, And then when uh, the big one, though, for me is, and I've never liked it, it's when there's the one daughter, Susan, who's depicted as always eating. And in a 
And it adds for some comic moments like the I can't eat if everybody's going to cry line when everyone starts crying over the fact that they have to be adopted and they're all upset. And so she takes her slice of cake up to the, her room. Uh, her second, wants, slice, her, of second, her slice, second of slice of cake up to her room. Um, and whatever. She can eat as much as she wants. And then the, Helen is writing letters. So the uh, Frank ends up going back to sea. Uh, to, to work on a Navy project that he's created with his friend Daryl. And so he's, you're seeing these letters that are written to him that he's reading, supposedly. And one of them is from Helen. And she said, you missed a wonderful day today. Susan stopped eating. And I was like, oh, movie, no. Yeah. And she basically talks about how wonderful it is that Susan stopped eating. She, she includes a picture of Susan in this dress because... Susan likes a boy, so she has to lose weight for this boy. And she's going to do that by not eating for, like, days. And so when she's like, and as you can see from the picture, she still has a few pounds to go before Saturday night. And it just... Oh, what fat, we girls go through oh, for our men. For our men. And so the fat shaming, the body image issues, the, like, pride in it is very disconcerting and i could see it being quite triggering for anyone who's had to deal with that growing up or still kind of deals with those issues and feels bad so that one was probably the biggest one in terms of most overt but the traditionalist stuff i mean you've also got daryl's comments he refers to women as two-legged goodies yeah there's a definitely um an objectification of, objectification of women, of women especially in like the dating component of the movie like when frank mm -hmm. is going out on a date and like and daryl intentionally sets him up with someone who you know isn't afraid to put out kind of a thing yeah. is the implication definitely and, not a talker yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. so it's it's there's there's a an attitude i think towards women in the film that isn't like <clears throat> It's definitely not like the crux of the movie, but it, it definitely it's there. It's yeah. these gender. Yeah. As Lisa said, like this heteronormative gender role situation, basically. And it's, you know, it is a film from 1968. So it's not like that's surprising. I mean, you mm -hmm. look at, you know, I love Lucy and that's obviously going to be a very predominant, a very big factor in that. You show. know, that Absolutely. that's happening. So, yeah, yeah. but it is, it's, I, it's funny rewatching it now. You're just like, oh, wow, that is very old school. <laughs> and it makes sense. At the time, it's just called school. Oh, totally. Yeah. At the time, you're just like, that's just the normal way of doing things. And... But it definitely is a an old school attitude in this film, yeah. for sure. So just, just be aware that that's what you're going to be getting going in at various points throughout the movie. It, you never know when to expect them. It'll just sort of be the occasional throwaway line or comment or or something. And so that's that's kind of throughout the movie. Um, did you notice anything else aside from that? No, my main one was just Daryl. I just wrote Daryl. Daryl's lines, basically. <laughs> Daryl's and like some of his lines are quite funny. Like he's mm -hmm. he's a good character. I actually quite like him. I like but him he too. Just has these moments where I'm like, Daryl, don't say that. Yeah. God. And then Learn. someone else says it, and I'm like, no, Daryl, God. And so, <laughs> anyway, so there's just those. But, yeah, yeah. I definitely, um, the the Susan eating um, mm. shtick, um, I definitely thought was funnier as a kid. As an adult, I still was like, I relate to Susan so I relate hard. To oh, totally. Her eating isn't the issue. It's the, it's the yeah. attitude of her mom about her eating in that well, letter. Even, but even what they even... Mm -hmm. what they imply with Susan eating yeah, in the movie in general is that it's like okay this girl always eats that's, and this that's is her only be funny. thing 
The only that's thing that you stick. know about Susan is that she's an eater. And so I'm with you because I eat all the time. And, she's, and, so I totally and she literally her. is always eating in the movie. And again, it's like, I relate. I understand completely. I always want a snack. I always want so, to have food too. Constant. I get it. The only so, other little thing I noticed was, um, and again, it's because it's old school. Uh, Philip gets spanked at one point in the film. Um, and then he asks his mom and, and she, is the spanking over? And she says, no, the spanking's not over. And she asks him why he's misbehaving. Cause he's sort of having an attitude problem. And it's because it's a very sad line. Uh, his older brother told him that the good die young and that's why his dad died. So he's never going to be good again. And he says, you can hit me and you can hit me, but I'll never be good again. So I just uh, for those who might, find that upsetting it's a very different parroting style than is the norm nowadays but uh back in the day spanking was considered no, quite was normal. normal and and she doesn't it's not it's hard not a, it's no, not like she a gives beating him a smack on the butt she and then a, yeah and then you know that she's gonna do more but then as the conversation progresses she obviously does not hit him again yeah um, but, but just, yeah no it's just it's, be aware and i know i just know i have had friends who are troubled by that sort of behavior I guess because of their upbringing and what may or may not have happened and so I just just to give a little bit of a warning for anyone who might find that upsetting too it's a very brief scene it, as but Pauline still... says she gives her him a little bit of a smack on his bottom and that's kind of it but still just so you know it's there yeah yeah um, okay, so then with that, does mm-hmm. it hold up? Would you say this movie holds oh, up? We need to do the Bechdel test, please. Oh, wait, I'm not there yet. Maybe <laughs> I'm just going out of order, Lisa. Listen, I'm the one asking the questions here. You're right. I'm sorry. God. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, does it hold up? I, For a movie from 1968, yes, I feel it holds up. It's still got great humor. It's still got great acting. The kids still do very well with all of their performances, their chemistry. It feels like a big, large family coming together. Um, Again, it's a bit dated because it's from 1968. But other than the sort of like what you would expect from that time period, there's nothing really shocking, nothing really jarring. The flow of the movie is great. Again, if you're someone who would find this chaos really upsetting because this is not your norm i could see you not enjoying the film um but for anyone else who's interested or anyone who does have a large family who finds that sort of humor family humor uh sort of slice of life humor excellent you're gonna really enjoy this one i think i think you'll enjoy the performances yeah i feel like with that too it's very like i it I don't know if I said this in the trivia episode, but it's kind of mm. like my big fat Greek wedding. Did I yes. say this in the trivia episode? Yeah, you where mentioned it's like, it, but yeah. Where it's like, you're either going to love it or you're not going to love it. Mm-hmm. You're either going to really appreciate the chaos or you're really not. And it could yep. be because you came from a big family or it could be because you're like an only child and you totally. just love it. So like it could really kind of go either way. But It's hard I, to predict, but if, if you're someone who liked my big fat Greek wedding or likes those sort of family oh, dynamics, that you're, so you're going to really enjoy this one, I think, too, because yeah. it's that same humor. It's totally. that same chaos. It's that same like there's, people coming together. It's the together. humor mm-hmm. in the chaos of the family mm-hmm. and, the, and the reality of the dynamic. I think is really what makes it what, what makes, makes it, it so as good funny. as it is yeah, yeah. and so yeah it's I not agree. like a life-altering plot like it's a no. very as you know my synopsis was short guys there's yeah. not much to it it's there's just like, the slice of life happenings of this blended family and if that's what you're looking for you're gonna love the heck out of this movie because that's what you're getting <laughs> which is interesting because it would be interesting to see what the 2004 or whatever year it was uh that the other one came out just simply because I wonder if it like you know, it is very interesting that there's like, 
like a widow and a widower, not like someone's divorced. Like mm-hmm. not, do you know what I mean? Like it's a very. I'd be curious about that too. Um, the other one, I watched the trailer for it actually. Cause I was, cause while I was researching, I'm like, oh yeah, this movie existed. I'll just watch the trailer as a refresher. Yeah. <laughs> and it's definitely more slapstick, like very much over the top slapstick, people falling down, um, paint wars, kids pulling like, pranks that children in real life don't pull mm. right like those type like movie pranks that make sense in a in a world of film but in reality no child would actually do that prank because right. it would actually hurt someone right i get what you're saying um anyway so it's like that kind of humor but i would be curious like you if they happen to both be a widow and a widower or if one if they of them just wanted to change or... the the dynamic because it is such a a traditional, quote-unquote, traditional well, what I do family. know from the trailer is that Rene Russo's family, um, half of the children are actually adopted. So half of them are, are like, and so it's it's all her, her kids, all of her family, but um, it's, it's already a blended family. Mm. And then, I don't know about Dennis Quaid's, but that's sort of mentioned in, in the trailer, like, briefly. Yeah. Right. It's interesting. So then, Lisa... Mm. Does this film pass the Bechdel <laughs> test? Where did this question come well, from, I wonder? <laughs> felt like I needed to throw it in, and I just on principle wasn't going to do it when you told me to. That's a sibling dynamic uh, right there. There you go, guys. There's the sibling Listen, dynamic in action. Jesse, I'll between tell you that when and, we're doing the Bechdel between test. Between that and me arguing about the shots. Uh, and who put, very I still think I'm right, but I was like, actually, as we were going I was, on. I was thinking about it, I'm like, I think Pauline's actually right. <laughs> As we were going on, I was like, this is a moot point, and this is going to get us nowhere. This could literally was, take up 15 was, minutes of this episode. It honestly was like five minutes later after I'd like thought it through as we were answering other questions, and I'm like, do I tell her she's right? Or do I, do I maintain sibling dynamics and never admit it? Uh, hilarious. So there you go. I'll admit it. Pauline's right. <laughs> that matters. So much. Actually, it, it matters a great deal. It I does. totally get it. Um, um, okay, so it does Bechdel. pass the Bechdel test, if only for the scene where the mom and her daughters are getting ready for the date, because mm. they talk about a bunch of things. They do talk about a guy, but they're also talking about eyelashes. They're talking about the dress. They're talking about just stuff in general. However, there aren't that many conversations, I would no. say. And actually, I was like, oh, yeah, there's lots of girls in this movie. There'll be conversation like, oh, there aren't. Because a lot of the dialogue is like, again, a girl and a guy. Like Colleen talks mostly to her boyfriend, Larry. Helen talks to Frank and to Mike because that's the kid she needs to win over because he's so against her in the family. So she has lots of in-depth heart-to-heart conversations with him philip has a lot of conversations like so it's just and and all the other girl characters usually have like a line like tossed out here or there and frank has his buddy daryl but you actually don't see any female friendships for helen like she she, the most she does is talk to frank's brother's wife yes to ask about the children yeah which is very brief it's very brief so i actually was like oh this will be fine and then as i was watching i was like oh actually I think the main one is just the getting ready for the date conversation. Which is also very interesting that even mm. what you were saying they're talking about is like about lashes and about a dress and about, and you're like, great. Yeah, so you're like, really wonderful. important, in-depth conversations. Well, and even the like, the heart to heart that Colleen has regarding, you know, her boyfriend troubles, 
it's with Frank, it's not with Helen. Right. Which I mean is an interesting dynamic and shows that she's, you know, connecting to her new dad. Awesome. But it's just interesting that that's who she ends up talking to about it. It's not what you'd be expecting. And so I just was surprised. I was like, oh yeah, there actually isn't a lot of, I've got the one. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's it. Well, and even when I was, because uh, when I started watching the movie, I actually was the opposite of you. I was like, I don't even think, mm. like, I was just thinking about the movie and I was like, I can't think of a single scene where there are women talking to each other mm. in this movie. So I, when that scene of her getting ready for the date, I was like, oh, right. Yeah. Does this count? And so it does. But it it's, technically it's... does, even though she's getting ready for her date because the conversation goes over a couple of things. But yes. even then, it's still not ideal because it's still close to yes, yes. Uh, talking about a man. Just, uh, and so just for anyone <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know what the Bechdel test is, mm. uh, it's where there are two named female characters who talk to each other in the film about mm. something other than a man. And so yeah. that's uh, that's kind of a really nice qualifier. You know, it does the fact that it does, and it's 1968. Like even the brief conversation that they have mm. to pass it. I mean, I feel like that's a hard win right now in 1968. Totally. Like, Gold star, I guess. I yeah, know. yeah. Well done. So, way to go. Way to, to pull it out of the hat. Way, way okay, to just add that to So out of 10, mm. what would you give this film? It's hard because nostalgia is such a factor for this movie. It's really big. And my love of Lucille Ball and Philip. I love the character Philip so Me much. Me too. Um, and what's that other kid at the very end he's super adorable he's like the youngest yes you mm. you know which kid i'm talking about yeah. when you're doing the adoption process he's like one of the littlest ones joseph or something he's anyways so he's so little and so cute and he's just in the background he doesn't talk but man is that kid adorable but um again those moments of awe and awe and we watched it so much and the lines are so important the quotes are so important in our family but trying to separate the nostalgia's heart mm-hmm. um but I would say it's still, I would say it gets an eight out of me. I, I really still really like it. I still think it holds up. I, I mean, it's a 1968 film. You're going and expecting it to have aged a certain way. But I still really enjoy all the dynamics of the characters. I still find it funny. I still laughed out loud while watching it. And there, it's funny what lines made me laugh this time. Because there were certainly right. some of them that I laughed at now as an adult that I totally right. didn't laugh at as much as a kid. Absolutely. And some that I laughed at harder that I may have laughed at as a kid, but I got the humor better this time. And so yes. it just, so I would say overall, probably colored by nostalgia, it gets an eight out of 10 for me. What about you? Nice. Um, I would say basically the same thing. I was actually going to give it an eight myself, mm-hmm. which means Lisa, this is the first time <gasps> that we've agreed on a rating. Oh my God. Which is amazing. <laughs> That's Let a win right there. Ring out and the banners fly guys. This never Absolutely. happens. <laughs> so yes, I'd also give it an eight again. I think nostalgia is coloring Nostalgia's our perspectives dramatically. Giving us a huge coloring for this one. So um, let us but know, it guys. it is funny. Like, mm-hmm. it is genuinely funny. Like, I was killing myself. Cam was laughing. He was not laughing to the degree that I was laughing. <laughs> it was more of like a smirk here and there. And at the end, Cam thought it was cute. And so it's like, he's like, it was cute. We were just kind of talking. Mainly mm. what struck us both the most was how just different the traditional family oh, views totally. are and, now. And you guys are going to notice that right yeah. away. That's going to be the one of the main things that sticks out to you as a modern audience watching it. But, but no, it's that very... Yeah. But it's yeah, and it's not and not in a bad way. It's not necess- terrible. It's, yeah. No, and it's not like 
it, it's not like they're like demeaning women throughout mm. the entire film and it's it's more so that it's like there are these expect these gender expectations mm-hmm. and this family fulfills those traditionalist gender expectations but at the same time you can tell well. both parents love each other very much both of them are trying to do what's best for their kids both of them like in their perspectives both of them like it there's a lot of love in this family yeah for all that it's very traditional like yeah so totally. so know that yeah so it's it yeah it's which is awesome yeah it's not how people's families are now really but there is an element of of you know it's kind of nice to watch an old movie and be like oh wow a peek into the past this is what (laughs) this is what we concerned ourselves with absolutely absolutely but yeah no i think it holds up i mean recommending it is tricky i mean if you're someone who doesn't particularly like watching older movies then don't watch this one obviously but if you're someone who's open to it and who's seen you know other older movies Mm -hmm. or you love lucille ball or henry fonda because he's great like there's there's an element of you'll appreciate a little totally. bit about watching it. And it's even, a classic honestly, film to enjoy. Even for the, the fashion. No, like, yes. Like, watching even, like, all the outfits. Oh, it's amazing. Oh. Like, just watching it and, like, the styles of the homes and how, like, just, like, little things, like, uh he's they're watching tv separately like this is when before they're together and they're both separately watching the same thing on tv which is like french it's like french a french film? romance film on late very night. sexy very sexy. late <laughs> night they're both in bed separately he's and like, like got a glass of milk yeah he's drinking milk cam turned to me he's like he's drinking milk hey <laughs> so it's definitely like, and they both oh. have their like old timey pajamas and she's yes, got a nightdress. And robes and, and stuff. Yeah, so it's oh, that man. kind of thing. But it's funny because, because to call her, like he decides he wants to call her after watching a little bit of this loving French film. Um, and like in order to call her, he just pulls out his phone book from underneath the bedside table and like <laughs> yes. opens it up. And then, and then while they're talking on the phone, uh, her daughter wants to use the phone. Yes. Because, so it's, it's this funny thing of these, these, problems or these situations that come up because it's the 60s that like because wouldn't of the time happen period. now absolutely so you yeah. watch him pull out the phone book and you're like frick like that's that's funny that's <laughs> how the world was whereas totally. now it's like if someone doesn't give you their number you can't just find it it's like you don't have that ability so it's yeah it's just fun to watch <laughs> i think for those little moments of like of course boy yeah. what a different time like they, they go like, on a date and they it. go um it's not lawn bowling, but it's kind of, it's like bowling oh, I know on what sand. Like bocce? Is it bocce? Yeah, but they're like rolling the balls instead yeah. of, anyway, but it is like bocce. And you're just like, wow, what a, what a it's different a, time. What a nice when date. That was, yep. When that was a date, you'd take someone on and I'm like, I want to play bocce. Anyway. <laughs> so that, it's just fun. Okay. Absolutely. Lisa. Oh. All right. We're going to have to limit these we're gonna quotes. We're going to have to limit I, the quotes. There are a lot. Oh my God. I have so many written down. Yeah, I was like, I gotta so stop writing good. them. And then another line would come up and it's like, damn it, I have to write that one too. I thought the same thing. I was like, okay, well, I'll go to the end of this page. And then that ended up being two pages. Cause I was like, <laughs> I okay, fine. Like, we don't need any more, but then they're so good. And then I'm like, okay, well, I won't I obviously won't say all these. So we'll we'll yeah. answer a few. But what's one of your quotes from this? So book? one of them that ca- that made me laugh out loud was when they've as Pauline said, they've moved into the house. It's supposed to be the parents' honeymoon, but because Philip was sick supposedly um they decide to cancel their honeymoon for the weekend and just move into the house and they'll you know do their honeymoon another time i i start to think that they never got one anyway so they're in the house they got their system the doctors arrive the power's out it's chaos and 
Lucille Ball has just gone into the room to discover that, you know, two teenage girls and two teenage boys are accidentally sharing the same room because Henry got the he's and she's mixed up. And then just as she leaves that room and has solved that problem, Tommy, her son, comes running up and goes, Mommy, Mommy, there's a man in my room trying to take everybody's temperature. (laughs) (laughs) And it's because the doctor, because of all the chaos, and Lucille Ball hasn't been able to lead him to Philip, he's just started going around to all the different rooms to find the sick kid. Which... I would do too. I mean, it makes perfect sense. Process of elimination. Because clearly he wasn't going to get help anytime soon. And so I just love Tommy and his panic. Mom, there's a man in my room trying to take everybody's temperature. It's pretty funny. That whole scene is funny. Even when the doctor shows up. So the power has gone out at this point. The doctor shows up at the house to find out what's wrong with Philip. And then uh, one of the boys, Greg, opens the door and he's got this candle. And the doctor's like, my God, I'm too late. (laughs) And then... And then Greg's like, no, Doc, we're not in mourning. The power went out. Come on in. But it's such a good, like, quick it's line. It's such a quick line to throw That's out. very funny. Like, oh, my God, I'm too late. I'm too late. That whole scene is funny. And if you watch uh, no other scene, just watch, just watch, watch the doctor at the house. The doctor at the house. Or even chaos. just, like, them going in. That whole sequence of them moving into the house. Just the whole it's thing. a lot. You're going to enjoy it's the whole thing. Okay. What's another one? Okay. So one of them that I found, like, relatable but also quite funny is a, a voiceover. Uh, so some Sometimes the um, Henry Fonda and Lucille Ball will kind of like talk over the film kind of a thing. Mm. And so it's more towards the beginning. And this is another thing that I love in the movie. Everyone sews. Like yes. all the girls know how to sew. Oh, I love this line. And so, so they're with, you know, 18 children. Oh, but before that, it's only 10 children in, yeah, yeah, in Henry Fonda's 10. family. It's fine. Only 10. <laughs> and so, like, he's talking about their system and how they just buy clothes and then eventually it's perfect because everything will eventually fit everybody. You just have to, like, you know, just do some sewing and do a little bit yeah, of hand a, them makes down. It work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some hand-me-downs. So the scene is the girls are all, like, working on their clothes and Henry Fonda's got pins in his mouth and he's pinning the bottom of this little dress for, like, his, like, five-year-old daughter rosemary i think her name is mary. i don't know yeah, but it's mary. mary and it's she's crying <laughs> and this is his line have you ever been five years old and forced to appear in public in a dress that had three former owners restyled by an old sailmaker? five years old and no future at all <laughs> I that love one, that line. I love that line so much. So I had to write much. it down because I'm like, oh my god, I'd be crying it's too. <laughs> so good. She's just standing there quietly crying. She's just like, what a mess. I was like, oh girl, I feel you. I feel you so hard to you. Okay. What's oh one my of god. There's so many, but another one. I think this one I appreciated more as an adult. Another one that I mm. laughed more as an adult. And it's that when she's getting ready for her date, and her old her daughters are all helping her, and Helen is getting her eyelashes put on, and she's like, "Is it necessary that I wear the eyelashes? I got your father without them." And her daughter's response is, "Hmm, but you were younger then." <laughs> <laughs> And her daughter also says in the same scene, she also is like, is he handsome? Like in an old sort Older of way. sort of way. <laughs> Which is such a 16 year old. It's girl such a 16 year old response. Like, it's yes. such a 16 year old response. Mm, but so you funny. were younger then. 
and she says it very matter of factly and like she's what's hilarious is and again it's very much like how sisters and siblings operate because colleen's the oldest and the other two sisters in the room are are quite a bit younger janet who's probably like 10 and then like Jean, who's probably like five as well four or five as well and they just nod they nod along with whatever colleen says so whenever she says something the middle one, Janet's always like, that's right. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they just nod with whatever Colleen goes with. Well, and Lucille Ball's, so again, it's the scene to, she's like, a liaison. She calls it a, li- a liaison. And then Colleen Janet's does, like, yeah. what's a liaison? An affair. That's what I thought. And then Jean, who's five, is like, me too. And Lucille Ball's face is like watching her kids. She's like, I'm not having an affair and I'm not having a liaison. And, she and she's to, like, like set stunned. the record straight. <laughs> it's so funny. What's, What's a liaison? An affair. An affair. That's what I That's thought. That's what I thought. Me too. Me too. <laughs> it's What's great. What's the other one you've got? Uh, so one of the ones that I think is so, so funny is mm. uh, Frank and Daryl come home and one of the one of the many housekeepers and like <laughs> childminders is leaving and they she leaves because of a, a circumstance that's happened in the house that they're trying to figure out what's going on so they go in daryl says she forgot her broomstick and then they keep going and um one of the daughters has like had have fainted because she was very embarrassed when the maid walked in mm-hmm. but what what is funny that's happening off on the side is that two of the younger girls, I can't think of their names because there's so many of them, but two of Frank's younger daughters keep on talking to Daryl. So one of them, this little redheaded girl. Veronica. Veronica. She grabs Daryl's shirt and just starts like pulling on it and getting his attention and talking and saying saying whatever she's got to say. And he like pulls her hand away. And he's like, is that strawberry jam in your hand? And she's like, raspberry so now she's he just has raspberry jam on his shirt and then the scene progresses it continues and then the other girl mary comes up and she grabs his shirt too and pulls on it and says i think she's dying and daryl's like and what have you been playing with and her hand is black and she's like ink (laughs) and it's like and he, again, as an, I love as it an adult, goes, mm, indelible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, great. <laughs> Super. I'm now covered in raspberry jam and ink. And it's like, <laughs> I love it so much oh my because God. it was just, that is what it's like with children. Mm-hmm. And you do, like, what have you been playing in? Ink. <laughs> great. Super. Yeah, because it's, it's very matter of fact, right? You're like, yeah. I have been playing with ink. Thank is that you for strawberry? <laughs> that strawberry jam in your hand? Raspberry. Yeah, like close, Got but it. not quite. Yeah. Good, perfect. Good, okay. good job. My, so that's great. I dynamic. have to give a, a Philip line because we love okay. him so much. And it's we alluded to it earlier when we mentioned the breakfast scene and how Philip just doesn't have long enough arms. And you're watching all these different dishes go past. And as Pauline said, he sort of is very forgiving about it like he's like i can live without bacon if i have to although some people are pigs without it you know like he's like and then he says but if a fellow can't get a piece of toast he's finished i bet i could starve to death right at this table and nobody would even stop eating (laughs) and that line is so relatable to me it's so funny and then he says there was nothing else to do i had to invent the oatmeal sandwich because everyone's running for the bus and he finally can get to the food (laughs) So he just creates a little sandwich. 
Oh my gosh, it's so that was one of the lines that we would say all, all the, the time. time. And again, yep. it was so true. It was just such an accurate representation of like childhood mm-hmm. at a dinner table mm-hmm. or breakfast table. And it's that's oh my god. It's it. It's exactly it. All right, Pauline, I think I think we should do one more each. Okay. As hard as it okay. is. So what's your okay. next what's your next okay. one? Okay. I know. I know. <laughs> we oh, could just go forever. I know, there's a lot. Okay. Um <laughs> So one of them, he's talking back to the, um, about the maids that have kept coming in to uh, the Beardsley home to try to, to try to come. He talks about how it's not been successful and it's his voiceover again. And he's talking about how he's like, you know, this maid one lasted for a day and this one was three days. And then it's like, this one, she lasted for seven days. We found out she was hiding from the police. After a week with us, she turned herself in. <laughs> Which you're like. like- yeah. 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 I, yeah. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I would totally right. also turn myself in. Absolutely. So one Kays. that I, I have to say, and it's one that our family would say again, and, and it leads up to the line that this uh, episode is named after, but it's again, during the chaos of just moving in, the power's out, it's raining. There's like leaks in the ceiling. Everything's going wrong. And all of a sudden Veronica goes running up to Frank. This little redhead girl, and she's like, "Daddy, Daddy, a sister's locked in the bathroom." And he's like, "Which, Which sister? sister? I don't know her name yet, but she can't get out, and we can't get in, and it's my turn." <laughs> I love that she's like, "I don't know her name." Yeah, yet. and I love that a uh, sister. It's yeah. like she doesn't know which kid it is. It's a sister. She's locked in the bathroom, and I need to get in there. It's and so I really good. have to pee. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh my god classic it's so good there's one other okay there's mm-hmm. one other philip line i do want to say okay do, so yes, we already talked about to. it and it's the beardsley yeah. situation so philip his mom and dad are now married and their family's last name is beardsley his last name is still north and on his paper he is signed to philip beardsley and this nun who's running the because they're obviously catholic and they go to a catholic school she's like you must put your legal name on your paper and he's like we all went to church we were all married i'm philip beardsley and she's like no dear north and by the time this exchange is happening all the kids in the classroom have started chiming in and they're all like north north and then two of the kids start shoving him. And, and he's just it. shouting, Beardsley, 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 Beardsley. <laughs> and then the nun is like trying to get up and calm the students and get the kids. She clearly does not break up the fight very well. Because then the next scene is Lucille Ball showing up at the school. <laughs> Philip has had to stay after school and write Philip North over and over and yeah. over again on the chalkboards. And the nun is explaining to her the problem and and she sees like the black eye that he now has and she's like who did that and he's like one of the kids but she started it and he points, he points the at the nun <laughs> and so then this whole exchange is happening and and she's trying to convince the nun to let him sign beardsley and she says north and she's like beardsley and he's like north and she's like beardsley 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 and philip chimes in watch out mom you might get a black eye <laughs> <laughs> And that uh, is another one that our family quoted all, all the, the time. time. <laughs> all the time. Watch out, Mom. You might, you might get, get a black, black eye. eye. And she's talking to the nun. The oh, nun's going to punch God. her. <laughs> uh, oh, so my good. God. Amazing. Yeah, guys, yeah. that's this movie. That's yours, mine, and ours. 
Oh, um, hopefully so you are interested in watching it now. If you weren't before, if you, if even our conversation today felt very chaotic and let you left you feeling anxious, don't watch <laughs> the movie. But if you feel like you can handle a little bit of chaos, I, it's a generally enjoyable film. Both Lisa and I gave it eight stars. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty good. Eight out of 10. Yep. It's pretty high praise. Um, I mean, yeah, it's colored with nostalgia, but there's a reason we love it guys. There's gotta and be. And I really like to there. hear. I'd love to hear from someone who never saw this movie and then watched it. Mm. And, you know, how much is our nostalgia coloring our perspective? You know, I'm for sure. Like 80% of it? <laughs> Maybe, Maybe just a mild 50? 12? You know. I don't know. I don't know. 12% sounds good. Uh, so you guys let us know. Um, is it my turn to do the It is your turn yours? to do the sign oh, Okay, perfect. Yeah. Well, that was a perfect segue if I hadn't stopped talking. So... You guys let us know. You can send us an email, real.window at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram and Twitter, at RealWindow. And then uh, rate and review and subscribe to us on whatever platform you listen to. Uh, That way more people get to listen to us. Uh, Shout out to whoever's listening to us in Germany. I know. There are like eight different regions in Germany listening to us. And I'm like, I don't know what one person told their family well that well, we've got someone who travels a lot <laughs> travels all over germany which tell us more about that please, yeah yeah german please, listener please whoever you know. the one person is <laughs> um but thanks for listening it's been uh, a pleasure as always we always have fun doing this show mm-hmm. uh we hope you have fun listening to us doing the show um feel free to you know send us any movie suggestions or movies you loved i'd love to hear something that's like old timey that maybe lisa and i only watched like once or twice totally. that we totally forgot about mm-hmm. so that'd be really cool um but yeah shout out to us and then uh hopefully we will see you not see you but you'll hear us you'll hear our melodious voices You'll hear us talking uh, on <laughs> Friday when I ask Lisa trivia for the next trivia episode. In the meantime, you know, stay safe and um, keep being awesome out there. <laughs> Is that what we say? Sure. Yes, it can be. Keep being awesome out there. Question mark. <laughs>